not playing with Lex and Dan. I am the Dan half of that equation, and to balance me, I'm the not playing half. We're bad at math. <laughs> That's not right. I'm Lex. I'm Lex. Hi, Lex. It's been a while. Hi, Dan. It's been a it's while. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> that joke has spanned multiple podcasts now. <laughs> Many shows. Yeah. Uh, well, Dan, not playing, if I'm not mistaken, is the podcast we're in. You're mistaken. You and I, Miss Friedman, you and I uh, watch movies that many have seen, but at least one of us have not. You are not mistaken. That is actually correct. Yes, this is a podcast where you watch popular movies that one or both of us hasn't seen. Now, you you may remember us, of course, from our most recent season about James Bond, but as it is James, the... James Bond. Yeah, sorry. James, James Bond. But as it is member season around here at The Incomparable, we thought we'd... Uh, Harken back to season three, in which we showed Lex, all of us together, the Star Wars saga. Because since our last episode which uh, of season three, which covered uh, The Last Jedi, which was aired quite a while ago, uh, there has obviously been another Star Wars movie that I believe Lex has not seen. Now, you said that it was, it was member season? It, oh, yeah. Did I, did, I, did I say that? Now, when it's... When it's duck season, that means we're hunting ducks. What does it mean exactly when it's member season? Exactly what you think. Oh, all right. I would never dismembers. You are correct, Dan. I have not seen Solo. I waited specifically to watch it with you. At one point, you made claim that you were going to come to New Jersey and watch it with me in the theater. That's uh, I'm a dirty, dirty liar. Yeah. that's. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you what I know about Solo? I would love for you to tell me what you know about Solo. And just to say for our, our people who listen closely out there, March 29th, 2018 was our last Jedi episode. So it's been about a year since so we were I was here. thinking all about this today. Okay. And I was thinking, well, we're going to watch this. And first I was thinking, what do I know about Star Wars? And I was like, no, 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 you can't ask that question. <laughs> You've seen all the Star Wars movies ever this one. And I was like, all right. And so I thought through the story a little bit. And I wouldn't say that like I'd be the best person to give a dissertation on the entirety of the movie saga, but I appreciate second, that I saw Second it best, maybe? Yeah, second Top best. Top five? Top five? For sure. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, I know... Um, First, I was thinking of him as Childish Gambino, but I believe we have all agreed in society that we will refer to him only as Childish Gambino when he is singing or rapping, and otherwise we will refer to him as Donald Glover. Glover? It's Glover. Glover. It's Glover. Glover. It's Glover. Uh, fits like a Glover, that name. And I, uh, I was thinking, oh, he must play Han Solo. And I was like, nope, that doesn't make sense. He does not play Han Solo. You're very bad at this. <laughs> yeah. He does not play Han Solo. And then I was like, who does he play? <laughs> I will tell you, Dan. I have been thinking about that all day, and I'm down to two people who I think he could play. All right. Chewbacca. Um, Laredo? 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 Is that a thing? I believe that's a Chevy. I don't know. (laughs) And then Boba Fett? That is a thing. He's not okay. of those things. I, I mean, really? I well, okay, Laredo, not a thing. So really, Laredo's not a thing. Laredo, I, Laredo is a city, and I think a Chevy. I think I know what you're thinking of, and now I'm deciding whether or not I want to confirm anything or just let you experience it. <laughs> Whatever you prefer is fine. Laredo is not a thing. It's. I mean, oh my God. it's it's definitely not a thing that you're from thinking the Star Wars of. universe. Yeah. Okay. I realize though, I have absolutely no idea. Who plays 
a Han Solo. Okay. Lando? Lando. Maybe it's Lando. Uh, is it that, Lando? That's a thing. That is that okay. is a character, yes. I'm trying... Who the hell is... Okay. So, uh, you know what I think we should do, though, is if, if, if Donald is going to play... I remember who Boba Fett is. Very small part overall, relative to the story and relative to how often I hear that name in the song. And town. that's what you remember. <laughs> yeah. But so with... Uh, what do we land on? Lando. <laughs> Pun unintended. Try to remember exactly who he is in the mythology. And if that's important, we should talk about it for a minute before we start. You might remember Lando Calrissian is a character yes. played by Billy D. Williams. I in, remember Billy D. Williams. Yep. And he is a gambler and a scoundrel who owns, uh, in the time that we have met him in The Empire Strike Back... He's the one who who loses the Millennium Falcon at some point. Yeah, he 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 has lost. We we know that he has lost the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo. He runs. So we'll probably see that. It's possible that that might happen. Okay, but they were friends. They they got along. Yeah, reasonably so. About as well as you and I do. (laughs) Oh, so they hated each other. Yeah. Uh, Well. So this is what I, when I was thinking about the movie, I was like, okay, what would be in Han Solo's past? Because I know, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched all the Star Wars movies, Han Solo dies. Um, what? <laughs> spoiler alert. All of us do. Uh, but so I was thinking, what will his past be? And obviously he will be younger. I suppose now, given what you've told me, he, we're going to see him win uh, the Millennium Falcon. And then uh, I would like to assume that we'll watch him meet Chewbacca or learn chewbacca ease <laughs> i don't know if there's a better name for that language i bet you know what it is what's the language <laughs> called dan Wookiezum. uh i believe it's called shiro wook <laughs> yeah that was very good thank you and that's all i could come up with i i don't know if uh i, I would have to assume he meets princess leia in the movies i've seen so she can't show up uh, i imagine luke skywalker can't show up uh, unless it's like cut over here i imagine even like uh the no darths and i know we don't refer to them that way but you and i have some history there are going to show up either i don't know so i don't know who the bad guys are going to be uh, and that's literally all i know okay <laughs> that's right. the extent of what i can come up with all right all right well uh we will uh go forth in a matter of moments and watch solo a star wars story we're gonna watch it together yeah well we'll watch it solo but together but solo because we're in different places correct but before we do that I think it would behoove us to talk a little bit about why we're doing this right now. And that is, of course, because it is... Jason is holding a gun to our He heads. is holding a blaster to our heads. It is, of course, because it's the time of year when we remind you about how you can support this podcast by becoming a member of The Incomparable. You can sign up for a monthly or annual pledge to support this podcast directly. This podcast being Not Playing With Lex and Dan, just in case you forgot. I understand. It happens. So here's what you do. You go to theincomparable.com slash members and you sign up. You'll be asked to pick the shows on the network you'd like to support. If you check the box for not playing your entire contribution, all of it comes to us minus a few minor fees. If you listen to other podcasts in the Incomparable Network, you can check their boxes, if you know what I mean, and your contribution will be shared equally by all the shows that you want to support. And as a thank you for supporting us, members receive tons of extras. There's exclusive bonus audio, like a bootleg podcast, where you can hear episodes of shows right after the recording without having to wait the interminable wait for the edited version to arrive. There's a members-only community on Slack you can join and hang out with us. And since this is pledge season, many of the shows in the network will be posting bonus episodes just for members. Uh, obviously, we always make our capsule episodes free to everybody, but if you're an incomparable member, you can download the commentary track and listen along as Lex and I watch the movie. You can even watch the movie kind of with us, sort of, you know, yeah. if you want. 
So there's contribution levels at $5, $10, $20 a month, and annual equivalents are available as well. If you're already a member, it's easy to increase your pledge to a higher level and get some special goodies and returns. And of course, you can change your allocation anytime if you haven't been supporting not playing. I mean... I understand we were off for a little while, but we're back. And if you want to get in... Now it's time to support us again. Yeah, now now it's time to jump back in. Uh, so if you'd like to support us, go to theincomparable.com slash members to sign up. Lex and I thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We really do. And since it's member season, that's why we have to slash members. Because <laughs> we're hunting. <laughs> <laughs> member slash 20% off. <laughs> it's a leg. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, if you are listening to the (laughs) capsule version, we'll be back shortly to discuss our thoughts on Solo once Lex has seen it. If you're listening to the commentary version, stay tuned. Well, Lex. Yes, Dan. We have completed Solo, a Star Wars story. And thus brought you up to date with the Star Wars franchise. Dan, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I trust that you would never not be completely honest with me. I never would not be completely honest with you. I liked it. <laughs> I, I'm amazed that you would not have been honest about that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I liked it. I, I would put it in the... Uh, see, uh, this is what I believe I know. And you can correct me if I have any of my assumptions wrong, which I know you will. Please. Uh, my understanding is that I, I feel like this was not necessarily super beloved. That people were like, mm-hmm. well, it's a, it's a Star Wars story, but it's not really a Star Wars film. Uh, and I feel like I tend to like some of the less beloved films in the franchise for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much, in fact. I thought it was great. I thought it was funny and well-acted. And I understood the vast majority of the story without people explaining it to me. Um, as I, as as longtime listeners know, if they, if you listen to the Star Wars seasons uh, season, I sometimes struggled in big space fight scenes to understand what the hell was happening. And here, I thought that Ron Howard did a nice, clean job of showing me what was going on. And I never felt like I was confused about what I was seeing on screen in some of those more intense action sequences and i appreciated that and i thought it was funny and i thought it was good and i thought it was fun and i enjoyed it i would put it up there with uh, a new hope which i really enjoyed mm-hmm. sure yeah so there, there was a lot of controversy around this because the original they originally hired uh phil lord and chris miller who did the lego movie and there was this. some friction and they ended up leaving and, and they were replaced with ron howard and i think as you said um Ron Howard is a he's he's a consummate professional, right? Like that guy's basically been in the film industry or like entertainment industry for his entire life, right? Uh, he is an excellent director. He is the kind of guy that like you know it's not necessarily he's going to come in and like make you know a movie that that always one hundred percent blows you away, but like he's never going to do a bad job. Right. He is he's hyper competent, uh, and I think that that's on display here, right? Like you know, that's basically, the speed that some of those ships can go. Yeah, to. that's right, hyper competent speed. Um, <laughs> they they brought him in at a point at which like it was fairly late in the process in terms of like you know things that could be changed. And my understanding, and I may be incorrect about this, but my understanding was basically he worked from the script that Lord Miller had written uh, and just you know shot kind of what they had done and they had they had already i think shot some stuff and i think he reshot a bunch of stuff but like you know on a pretty close timetable and i think the result is great i like i think the 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 problem here is largely that there were perception issues was part of it 
Um, some people thought that this came out too soon after The Last Jedi, and it's very tonally different from The Last Jedi, and that right. provided some sort of either whiplash or people feeling oversaturated. And I think on its, it's own, a lot more fun than The Last Jedi. The Last I, Jedi I is like a slog. I mean, uh, you know, I, I like The Last Jedi, but it's a very different movie. Like it is, it is not aiming to do the same things that this is, and this is right. a really solid heist movie right like yes and, and i love a good heist movie and sure. i think that for me setting it in the star wars universe was great uh i like the performances all around i honestly think um you know there were people who went back and forth on alden aaron reich who plays young han solo i think he does a great job i, I liked his, i liked uh, him i've point, never heard of him before yeah, he's been um he was in i want to say hail caesar the coen brothers movie say and he's been in a, a few other things I, I said to you during the film, I think we were about to reference that I thought that he kind of captured the smirk and swagger. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. I, I think he does channel that very well, uh, and I, I totally buy him, even if he doesn't look that much like Harrison Ford. I mean, you were never going to find someone probably right, not who, even a little bit, but like that's that's I, I don't buy that doesn't bother me at all, right? Yeah. You're not going to find an actor who looks exactly like the uh, person we, they're going to grow up. Sadly, to we cannot get young Harrison Ford to be in this movie. <laughs> Like, no, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, uh, to right in hyperspace. Um, I love Donald Glover. I know you commented on his accent being a little strange, but I think he is doing the first scene in which you just hear him before you even see him. His voice and cadence of his voice is like total Billy D. Williams, and I love yeah, that. I, I would say this: I'm not uh, having only seen each of the most of the films once. Uh, I didn't fully get that that's what he was doing, but I assumed it was meant to be referencing the man who become but why is that character such a dick <laughs> what lando yeah uh you know he's a man who's concerned very much with appearances and he's a con artist i mean that's that's kind of what Clearly. he does so i i love lando and i think donald glover's performance in this was definitely one of the highlights a lot of people came out of it being like what, what if we could just have a Lando movie? Like, that would be right. fine. Uh, I don't have any problem with, again, like I said, I don't have a problem with Han here either. And I think... No, I like Han. I will say, the, uh, I, I like their performances. I thought Chewbacca was really good. But I, 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 I liked a lot of it. I actually really liked Woody Harrelson. Mm -hmm. I mean, Woody Harrelson mm -hmm. felt to me like he was playing the archetypical Woody Harrelson character sure. just set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But he plays that character a lot because he's good at it. And yeah. I enjoyed seeing him. And I enjoyed seeing it in this world, in this universe, uh, yeah, in this he, galaxy he, far, he, far away. He, he fits in really well. And, you know, he's essentially the, you know, he's the archetype that, that Han is patterning himself after, but is right. never quite going to achieve because he's not quite as ruthless he still has that heart of gold in there which you know we will see yeah. over the course of the the original movies and the challenges of of heist movies are that you to keep them interesting you always want to have a lot of turns right mm -hmm. you want to have mm -hmm. a lot of uh what's what's the word it's not just turns but um, twists and turns <laughs> no no the the, the, uh, the red herrings when, fake when outs. a person when a person is is double crossing double crosses right lots of lots of people who are playing both sides of things and i i was hoping that it was in the end that Woody was going to be a little bit more on his side than he was. I didn't want one of them to have to kill the other. But the thing that I didn't like was Kira's journey. I understand mm. that she she had to do some bad things, but like she was, uh, we don't. She doesn't appear in other films that I've seen, right? She doesn't. No. She doesn't exist later in the universe. No. So just oh, by the way, she was also super freaking evil because she's clearly not super freaking evil. Well, and but I then think at the end she was kind of super freaking evil. I mean, I think that's the interesting challenge of this is to me that read as clearly setting up a sequel with these characters yeah. and i think that that will probably not happen given that this it didn't do terribly but it it certainly underperformed i think where they would have liked it to be given that it was a star wars movie yeah. 
And so I, I think, that just felt tacked on to me. I think you're exactly right. It felt like it was teeing up more story, but like I, I didn't think it had to happen. I think it's it's okay if sometimes there are just unabashedly happy endings in these movies. I think I don't know. That's Maybe fair. I, I mean, know. we knew we knew it couldn't last, right? Like you know, yeah. the, that is the challenge of setting things before uh, you know movies that where you already know what the outcome is. Because as you said, like there's not a lot of suspense in here right with like is a person gonna die right like are these characters that we that we know going to die because obviously we have seen them in the future so there's no you never really have suspense about whether or not they're gonna live and i think that's fine like that's there's a lot of things that you watch and you don't have suspense about whether or not the main characters are gonna live because like oh it's a tv show where this person is the main character like obviously they're not going to die in this dire situation they're in you have to find a different way of constructing drama and tension by what are they going to lose like what is at stake for them right uh and so i think this does a pretty good job of of handling that issue. But yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like maybe they were setting something up for let's do a couple more stories with these cast of characters. Uh, and that that probably would have continued with Kira's ultimate journey, whatever that is. I, I don't know where they were <laughs> It planning. is amusing to think about how, like, I hear you, they could do a Lando story. I really like Woody Harrelson on screen. So, like, now let's do a prequel about him. And where did <laughs> I just he come from? Working backwards. It's I believe there is a pretty... comic book series about his character that they did, like, a miniseries. Uh, so, yeah, I, there are people... And eventually it gets to, like, the pre-this universe Big Bang. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the other thing that really... It's bothered me less upon repeated viewings, but I think the thing that disappointed me and a lot of people the first time we saw that is that we do kind of very quickly gloss over some of the rest of Beckett's crew. So Tandy Newton, who you pointed out, like, you know, Tandy Newton's a fantastic actress, and she's apparently a huge Star Wars fan, too. And so, like, oh, you know, cool. the fact that she only gets to be in it for, like, 15 minutes is kind of a bummer. And her, to me, her sacrifice, I think, doesn't quite work because it's one thing to sacrifice your life to save somebody else but in this case she was sacrificing her life mainly to like so that he could get Help his score yeah right. and it's like that's not like a like a it's not yeah. a selfless thing that you're doing right like it's it's seems a little empty so i mean i understand why they did it to eliminate you know for plot reasons but it was a bummer because those characters you know her and john favreau's uh cgi character i right. felt like i would have enjoyed seeing more of them they were a fun oh group. i agree it also it felt odd that there were so many big stars in this one. Like I get that some of the actors in the original Star Wars films became stars, but this felt like this felt very full of stars. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, I think I guess the uh, prequels, the initial prequels, did the same thing. Right. I mean, uh, you, they have a different caliber of actor when you're talking about a huge franchise to attract people rather than kind of an upstart film. Sure. Um, there were some. There were also some changes. I think because of the Lord and Miller um uh leaving the project there was a whole snafu i think where originally the paul bettany character was supposed to be played by um michael k williams who was on the wire um Mm -hmm. and played omar on the wire um and yeah he uh he he was supposed to be a like a cgi like lion looking character but like because of the fact that they had to reshoot stuff he was not available and they couldn't do the cgi and all that so they basically cast paul bettany kind of later on to fill in that role um and i think that's also probably why we don't really get any explanation as to who his character is or why his face looks so weird (laughs) like they didn't really have time to do that so we just you know put him in there i think he's fine like I, i enjoy paul bettany as an actor i think he he is just the right amount of charming and menacing in that role um, but he's, you know, not particularly important long term. <laughs> yeah. And I, it did not feel like it was two different films. 
uh, in terms of the two different director situations. Like mm-hmm. it felt cohesive. Um, and if I recall, I didn't remember that they were the Lego movie directors until you had mentioned it, but was the, the problem that they wanted it to be funnier? <laughs> that, I think was it right? was not just that they wanted it to be funnier. I think they had a very different work style. My, my sort of reading between the lines um, uh, from what I've collected is that essentially they are people who are used to working. Most of the work they have done, I think, has been animation, and they work in a, like, their style was like, we're going to do, like, a ton of takes and, like, you know, spend a lot of time and, like, pick the best take, etc. And it wasn't really compatible with the schedule or the production, like, that they were trying to run here. And so there was kind of a mismatch for that. And I think they probably did have some sensibilities. But I have heard from some sources that the script was basically the same. Like, this is their script. And I think they are credited as uh, with story credits. So gotcha. I don't think it's necessarily that the substance of the movie changed so much as just the the way the movie was being shot. Uh, and yeah, so I, I've, you know, they've, uh, it's a lot easier to do things like multiple takes when you're working with voice actors, right? Like doesn't, you don't have to like light a set and like spend all your time, like having all the crew there and doing all this stuff. So I can understand why that maybe didn't mesh as well with this sort of really complicated, lots of moving parts, uh, production. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, and, and I don't know how much of that, that percolates down to the general movie going public too, right? Like a lot of people kind of attributed that to why this movie underperformed. I guess I have a hard time thinking that most people went in, like really tuned into the drama of what was happening behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know why I, for me, like looking at it on paper, I don't see any, I don't really understand why people didn't respond to it better. Like, I'm not sure what it was about it that turned people off because I think that it's a, like you said, it's a really well constructed movie. And so maybe it was just a matter of hitting at the wrong time or uh, marketing or people being sick of prequels. I don't know, but something clearly didn't, didn't work for audiences. Uh, and that's unfortunate because I don't, I think it's a much better film than people give it credit for. Yeah. I, I understand why you say that. And I, what I, I think what I liked here is that it didn't feel like we were telling the same story. Like I know that a criticism I believe, and boy, I'm super not an expert as our listeners know, uh, but like A New Hope was criticized in some ways because it was like, let's redo the original Star Wars. A New Hope was the original Star Wars. Original Star Wars. Which, one okay, you, which so one are you going for? Force Awakens? Uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, Force Awakens, which I think was probably one of my favorites of all the films mm-hmm. was criticized for trying to re redo a lot of stuff from a new home, like a very similar yeah, it, it retread similar yes. story. Yeah. And this like, you don't even have, you don't have the force or Jedi. And, uh, it's like, it is a different story, yeah. but set in, uh, well, like not too, too many familiar characters, right? A, a handful, but set in a, a world that you understand. <laughs> I regret that. I didn't say it. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I like that about it. like it didn't feel like it was let me tell you the same story again and like the references they did make obviously you'll catch more than I did but like oh, there are getting to see a pristine <laughs> yeah. Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. or getting to hear I hate you I know like that's good yeah even a non like perfect recognizer of these things like me could appreciate that that's good and clever and funny and I liked it and so like I thought that it had a defter touch than some of the other sequels, sequels. yeah I, I I think some of it was the piece some people felt like it was it it gilded the lily in that sense like that it overdid it and maybe again it's because of how immersed you are again again i feel like i I understand why that would turn off people who are like super immersed but i don't feel like like the more casual watcher like yourself 
would just not pick up most of them so it doesn't matter right like it doesn't again it doesn't quite ring for me as to why it would turn so many people off um but i think you're right that like what i love about this and this was sort of the original goal when they you know disney bought lucasfilm and they said about like how are we going to make star wars movies was like well we'll make these kind of alternating things where we like have the main saga right like and then we jump to these other anthology films they were calling them for a while where it's like set in the star wars universe but it's a totally different tone and so we had rogue one uh, which I believe you also liked, which is a very yes. different kind of movie, right? Like, same idea. It's got, like, a war movie, kind of like Men on a Mission. Uh, and then this is, like, a heist movie. And I think that's great. I honestly think the Star Wars universe is so big and interesting that you can tell all these different types of stories. And I worry now that, that because this wasn't received as well and didn't do as well as the box office, that that may have redirected their plans somewhat in terms of, like, producing more films of this ilk, where it's just like, let's do something different, but in the Star Wars universe. Uh, I don't know. Nobody really... All the Reportedly, all the plans for making future movies that were sort of based on, or, you know, independent standalone movies have been paused uh, or killed in some cases. So it's unclear beyond... Um, the fact that we have episode nine coming up at the end of this year, uh, and there are some other projects in development, but it's it's kind of unclear what the future holds for the rest of the Star Wars franchise, at least in the in the big screen. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was good. And I thought it was funny, and uh, I most of the Star Wars films we've watched have felt a little lengthy to me. <laughs> and there was definitely a, a one point where I like you know, uh, moused over to see how much was raining. At that point, there were about 40 minutes left. Uh, but it didn't feel like it ever dragged. I think there were some where it felt like we have we are really taking our time telling the story. And this just felt like a long story, which is not as big an issue to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it felt like there was always stuff happening. And I think that, again, speaks to the heist filmness. Yeah, they're using their time really efficiently, I think, here. Uh, and there's not, yeah, there's not a whole lot that I would have cut i feel like i think it it, like you said it zips along pretty well especially because so much of it is big sequences um and that really helps to sort of like you know there's like a little bit of a dip when you so you can like catch your breath right between big sequences but there's a lot of big sequences uh and in some of it like that last you know that last half an hour or so it really like there's a lot going on it doesn't really yeah. let you sort of stop which is good that's the, that like you said that's what you want from a heist movie is something that keeps you keeps you going uh keeps your interest up and i think they they execute on that very well and i agree i think this is humor wise uh it's really up there one. yeah, yeah. I, and i and i appreciate that i think these are characters that it needs to be humorous and you doesn't mean you can't have your your dramatic moments uh but i think it it works so much better when you have the the gags and they're well executed here i honestly think i think the both the physical and dialogue based comedy are are done very well um i will say my uh my spiel about the music i love the music here it is not it's the second non-john williams after rogue one but he did write the main theme which is sort of han's theme uh, but the rest of the score is done by John Powell, who did the How How to Train Your Dragon series. And I think he does great. I've listened to the soundtrack a lot. And it's really, it works so well with the movie. It's really peppy and has a fun sort of action adventure feel to it that it, it kind of captures the spirit of it while not being just sort of a cookie cutter of the uh, the rest of the, the Star Wars scores. And I appreciate that. I think that's it's tough to fill uh, John Williams' shoes. Yeah, uh, he's, I, he's got big feet. But um, I, I can't yeah. stop thinking about... Um, there, there's something that almost felt fourth wall breaking about 
the propaganda film yeah. from um, the uh, Imperial Army. Is that right? Yeah, Imperial Navy. Yeah, yeah. Using the uh, like a, a variant of the theme. It's it's the Imperial March, the Imperial but it's, March. it's in a major key instead of a minor key. Yeah. Uh, it is fourth wall breaking a little bit, but I, I think it's delightful. Oh, I think it worked. It's yeah. just, it was funny. Yeah. Because no, they, I... they weren't hearing the music every other time we heard it throughout <laughs> or the film. And yet were they? Or were they? <laughs> was that actually playing? <laughs> you know, there's not music playing and when you're there's just a, wandering around every day. And it's a button on Darth Vader's uh, chest plate. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> unfortunately, it's really, he's only got really tinny Bluetooth speakers. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, sorry. That's, there's no bass. <sighs> Well, I'm really glad that you enjoyed this, Lex, because I also enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, as I said, I think what we were watching, this is, I can't remember, I think this is the third time I've seen it. Maybe the fourth. I think it's the third time I've seen it. I saw it once in the theater, and I saw it once on video, at least. And well, uh, I appreciate you watching good. it with me. Uh, it's Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. It was good. It was funny. I'm glad. And I'm so glad. I think you are right that... Uh, I think Glover does a great job, and I think whatever that guy's name is that you keep saying he played Hansel, I think he does a great job, too. <laughs> well, all right. Now that I know that you enjoy movies with, say, chases and heists, yes, maybe we should talk a little bit about what our plans are for season five of Not Playing, which will be coming up this summer. Dan, if we get into the next season too speedily, I will get angry. Okay. Well, I know that you, you are a person with a lot of ire. Um, you're a person who's quick on his feet, and yeah. I think uh, maybe we could find some sort of movie franchise that has spanned, uh, I don't know, a couple last couple decades. Uh, let's I don't recent. do anything too quick or or too fractious. <laughs> <laughs> We're really beating around the bush on this one. Uh, I suppose we could just we could drift off calmly maybe go somewhere like japan like tokyo or something like that that could be that could be a possibility for this dan i think we should just i think we should rip the band-aid okay and the next season of not playing with lex and dan drum roll please we are going to watch all <laughs> that's the worst part all <laughs> all of the fast and furious franchise dan that's right we have decided to subject ourselves to this mainly because my understanding is you have not seen any of these i think i might have seen part of one okay Right, that's that sounds that's the Lex Friedman guarantee right there. <laughs> I have seen one, but it was in the middle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I remember very little of it. So, other than that, I have you know there are I think there are eight right now, which is a lot. Uh, I believe there is both a ninth and a spinoff currently in the works. So, I guess we'll see how fast this, we get through this. Does the spinoff feature Donald, feature Donald Glover? That's my it question. It does not. It features two actors who are in the franchise but are not the main characters of the franchise, I guess. So, that's why it's a spinoff. I just defined what a spinoff was for you. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. So, we'll be watching the Fast and Furious movies. We're doing it uh, sometime this summer. So, don't forget to uh, keep your, your uh, podcast app of choice tuned to Not Playing. Uh, and of course, as we reminded you right before we watch the movie, it's a great time to sign up for an incomparable membership and support our entire network and not playing with Lex and Dan in particular, of course. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our show. I hope you all enjoyed hearing our thoughts about Solo. I sure did. <laughs> and you know what, Lex? There's there's still at least one more Star Wars movie out there. So uh, it sounds like perhaps we might be back next year 
for uh, next year's member special to do episode nine, which still doesn't have a title as of this recording. Wow. I think they're going to call it Another Thing. That's my prediction. <laughs> so it's a wonder that they don't pay you the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm not in film development. Well, Dan, thank you. And uh, keep watching the stars. <laughs> keep watching the films that we haven't seen. That's right. <laughs> or the stars. We'll see you this summer as we watch The Fast and the Furious. It was a custom ordered cape from Lando Chino. <laughs> <laughs>